global crisis. Bible prophecy. Health and preparedness. You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch. Father in heaven, as we take a look at your word and what Bible prophecy is telling us about the times in which we live, we ask for your guidance and your insight from on high, that we might know truth from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. This is normally a radio broadcast on the news and world events of our time. I want to begin a series on this broadcast, however, of a systematic study through the prophecies of the Bible and through the present truths that are essential and most necessary and needed for the times in which we live at the end of Earth's history. Now, the opening salvo in this prophecy series is entitled Our Day in Bible Prophecy. And it asks the question, where do we stand in the timeline of Earth's history? Are we actually near the coming of Christ, as people have claimed? Can we even know when we are near the time of the coming of Jesus? As strange as it seems today, it wasn't that long ago, interestingly, that people used to send messages via horseback. The Pony Express, you may have heard of before. Now, they would just get your package or your letter or your telegram across the continent at lightning speed. It would only take 10 days, just 10 days to send a message from St. Joseph, Missouri through to San Francisco. Now today, of course, we feel slighted if it takes 10 seconds for our text message to go through. We feel that uh, this is a, a horrendous burden to us that it took that long to get to the other side of the globe via satellites and cellular technology, it appears that we are living in the future. Now, that in itself isn't biblical proof that that Christ is coming soon, but it makes me ask the question, if I'm receiving message after message after message on my smartphone, in my email, and we've got FaceTime and Facebook and Snapchat and every form of multimedia communication, we're getting all these messages, but are we getting the most important messages of all. And that's what God has given to us in his word. His messages to us in the Bible, in prophecy, are the most important. And maybe we're the most connected generation in history, but we're the most disconnected from our Savior. So for those who aren't familiar with the Bible, this is this is the book that contains the 66 books of inspired testimony from God. Genesis through Revelation. It's got little books like the book of Jude, just one chapter. It's got Genesis with 50, Psalms with 150. And the last book of the Bible is the book of Revelation. And Revelation 1 verse 9 says something very important about who the author of this book is and where this book came from. It says in Revelation 1 verse 9, I, John, who who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos, in the island of Patmos, Patmos, P-A-T-M-O-S, A-M-O-S, 
for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So John was writing this book that we call Revelation while he was imprisoned, being persecuted for his faith in Jesus. He was on this Roman prison island off the coast of modern-day Turkey called Patmos. And John, of course, himself is a very important figure in the life of Christ. He was there at the very beginning of Christ's ministry when he was baptized. John was there throughout Jesus' ministry. He saw Jesus transfigured. He saw Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So he was there at the cross. He was the one disciple that was there witnessing the crucifixion. He saw Jesus raised from the dead and witnessed Jesus ascend into heaven. And then the angels stood by and said, Ye men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who has ascended will come back in like manner. So John is a good fit disciple and apostle to be presenting the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's what the first verse of the book says. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ are the first words of the book of Revelation. And so this is a book that is that Jesus Christ is the true author of, not John. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's his book. He gave it to John. But also the revelation of Jesus Christ means that this book reveals Jesus. This book shows Jesus as the main character in the drama that is unfolding before us, the Lamb of God. Now, why did Jesus give this revelation to John? Let me read the first three verses of the book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. So God, through Jesus, via the angel, sent these messages to John, which he saw. He saw in vision many things, many times in the in the book of Revelation, he says, then, then, then I saw this, then this happened. And then I was taken up here in my, in my mental vision into heaven. Verse 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So this book was written because the time is at hand, and to show those things which must shortly come to pass, which must soon come to pass. Now if you talk to people these days in our world, many people, in fact, the majority of people, not only believe apocalyptic events as prophesied in the Bible will take place, but there's this sense in the population, people have got this gut feeling that that big events are coming upon planet Earth. Is this valid? Is this for real? We're going to analyze that. We're going to see what the Bible teaches about the last days. But also, I want to say that when, when people normally have these uh, forebodings about a apocalyptic future, it usually leads people to fear. And it usually leads them to a sense of, of dread of the end. I mean, the end sounds so ominous. But what you're going to learn in the Unlock Revelation seminar, whether it's on the 11th Hour Dispatch broadcast as it is today in abbreviated formats, just some highlights, or whether you go live to the Unlock Revelation seminar hosted in many different places, and you can read about where in your area it is at unlockrevelation.com, or whether you visit BibleProphecyTruth.com and study these things for yourself, what you will find is that Bible prophecy presents tremendous hope. 
tremendous peace, tremendous joy, because the end is really a new beginning. Jesus Christ comes to this earth, and, and, and there's no more pain, no more sorrow. There will be no more crying, no more pain, because we're taken up into heaven, as you'll see in the future sessions of this series. So the end is really a beginning, and this book is true. It is about Jesus soon coming, and that's the best possible news that I can give you. So if you're listening to this and you've experienced pain, sorrow, loss, some sort of hardship or trial, maybe broken relationships or abuse, you know there was a man named Job who went through many, many horrible things, and he had a whole lot of dark forebodings about what might be coming next. But you know what he hung his hat on? It says in Job 19, verses 25 to 27, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me, he said. And that's why this doctrine of the soon coming of Jesus Christ, this teaching from the Bible, this truth from the Bible is so important because it gives us that hope, that yearning for something better. But it wasn't just Job. It was even Enoch way back before the flood talked about the second coming of Christ. Peter, John, Paul, every single one of these prophets of God was looking forward to this great day. It's the great central theme of the scriptures culminating in the last book, the book of Revelation. Now, Jesus gave a miniature revelation in Matthew 24. The word revelation means apocalypse. It means revealing. And Matthew 24 is referred to by scholars as the little apocalypse. This is Jesus' miniature revelation. And we often wonder the question, we have the question, you know, when will he be coming? How soon? The disciples had the exact same question. They asked it in Matthew 24, verse 3. It says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So they're asking the same question that we're asking. What will be the signs of the end time? How, how will we know that your coming is near, is right at the door? Now we're going to talk about a bunch of those signs, but I want to jump right toward the end of the chapter where Jesus says something to give them a warning. He says in verse 36, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, nor the, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. So he said, nobody knows the day or the hour of my coming. That's important to note because when you study the prophecies, there are many fanatical, fantastical ideas spreading around with all sorts of interesting human interpretations that really aren't based upon Bible truth. Sometimes they set dates. Sometimes there's other, you know, fantastical ideas that are presented. But when you go through Unlock Revelation, you're going to see sound, responsible, solid, biblical teaching. And it's going to begin right there where Jesus says, this is what we don't want to be doing. I'm not going to tell you the day or the hour. But I am going to give you some signs. So he proceeds to give the signs of the times. And he goes like this. Jesus answered them and said unto them. This is verse 4 of Matthew 24. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. So he starts out before he even gives them any signs. He says, watch out because there's going to be a bunch of deception. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. 
Have you seen this in modern history? Have you seen, have you seen the Jim Joneses, the, the David Koreshes, the, the cult leaders saying that they are taking on the position of God, leading people to their death in the case of Jim Jones? Uh, Koresh saying, I am the lamb, and many of his followers still to this day believing that he is was divine. Verse 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See, ye, uh, see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Now we're going to go through all those after the break. But when Jesus says the beginning of sorrows, that's an important word. Sorrows is the Greek word they are used for birth pains. So the signs of the times will increase in their intensity and their frequency as we near the coming of Christ. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Prussian schooling philosopher Johann Fichte stated, Education should provide the means to destroy free will. Wow. Now, where did the Prussians get their ideas from? Bertrand Russell explains that it was the Jesuit order who popularized the idea of school as social control and compliance training, where students were trained into complete docility. And tragically, this Prussian schooling brainwashing system was then exported to the United States and worldwide. It's time to wake up, to come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. The DVD series is called Schooled, the deliberate agenda to reduce individuality, destroy intelligence, and re-engineer society. In Schooled, you'll hear it straight from the mouths of the founders of modern schooling themselves. They're quite proud of it. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the soul? Of man. Oh, you rescue the souls of man. And we're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema, your host. The website is 11thHourDispatch.com, where you can listen to all the previous broadcasts where we hit more of the news headlines. Today, and in many of the subsequent broadcasts this month, our focus is going to be upon the prophecies. Point by point, going through Bible truths that are essential for the times in which we live. And the first and foremost thing we have to do is ask, is Jesus coming soon? Is all of this talk about the nearness of Christ's coming actually biblically valid? And so far, we've seen in Matthew 24 a number of signs that Jesus said to be on the lookout for. Let's take these one by one. Wars and rumors of wars, Matthew 24, verse 6. Let's do a little history. In the 20th century alone, there were, there were more people that were killed in warfare than all 2,000 years previously combined. So there was more casualties from death in war in 100 years than there were in the previous 2,000 years all put together. World War I, 24 million deaths. World War II, 60 million deaths. 
There's been the Korean War, Vietnam, Gulf War, Iraq, Afghanistan, and these are just the ones that America's involved in. Pretty much, we're in a constant state of strife, conflict, civil war, and war in the world today across Africa, in Europe, Eastern Europe, North Africa, Middle East especially. And I just read last week the Russian foreign minister coming out, former Russian foreign minister, saying we have a higher chance for nuclear war now than we ever have, even during the Cold War. North Korea has been doing more missile and nuclear testing than ever. China is using more threatening language than ever. I mean, we're looking at very serious rumors of war, and the century that has preceded us has shown us a massive intensification in the frequency and the casualty rate of modern warfare. Jesus also said famines said there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places in verse 7 of Matthew 24. Famines. How about some statistics for you? Did you know that there are 925 million hungry people in the world today? In the last decade, there have been over a dozen famines and food crises affecting millions of people. There are almost a billion hungry people in the world today. A billion. About one in seven people don't get adequate food. So one child dies every five seconds from hunger-related causes. In 2008, almost 3 million children died before their fifth birthday due to hunger and malnutrition. The average American wastes 220 pounds of food each year. One-third of all the food in the world that is produced gets wasted or thrown away or lost. And yet we've got a billion people who are hungry, people starving every day. So when Jesus said the last days would be days of famine, We're seeing that sign of the times intensify. Pestilences. He says there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Pestilences is a term used for diseases. AIDS kills more than 2 million people every year, one every 15 seconds. The CDC says there are 1.2 million Americans living with AIDS. Heart disease. There are 27 million people living today who have been diagnosed with heart disease. Many of many people are undiagnosed, and their first awareness is, is the heart attack and even death. Diabetes. 26 million Americans suffer from diabetes, and 100 more million are pre-diabetic. In fact, when you look at the statistics of how many are diabetic or pre-diabetic in California, people ages 40 to 54, that's not old, you know, middle ages, youth, young adult to middle ages there, 40 through 54, The majority of people in California ages 40 to 54 are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. And when you look at people in their 50s and 60s and 70s, we're looking at upwards of 70-80% of the population is either diabetic or pre-diabetic. So that's a pretty serious, and that's by the way, California is one of the most healthy states in the country. Cancer, 1.5 million new cancer cases every year, 600,000 cancer deaths every year. You got the SARS, Ebola, mad cow, bird flu, Zika. I mean, you name it. The list just keeps getting longer with the, the novel and new types of viruses and diseases that are scourging the earth. And then you've got the old ones like tuberculosis that have made a comeback. Um, It claims nearly 2 million lives per year. Tuberculosis. Jesus said there would be an increase in the number and in the intensity of diseases. We are watching the signs of the times take place before our very eyes. How about earthquakes? 
The massive earthquake in Japan that you heard about a couple years ago moved an island six feet and killed 15,000 people. There have been recent devastating earthquakes in Iran, Nepal, China, Chile, Pakistan, New Zealand, Indonesia. In 2004, the great tsunami, it says in Luke 21, verse 25, that the seas and the waves would be roaring. So this is part of the earthquakes and the, the hurricanes and other natural disasters. But 230 people, 230,000 people perished in that tsunami in 2004. Nobody had ever seen anything like this before. The Bible says people's hearts would fail them for fear. We're looking at the forebodings about what is happening on the earth, saying what in the world is going on. Add to that Pakistan, 80,000 people killed in 2005. China, 70,000 people killed in 2008. In Haiti, 222,000 people killed in 2010. Do you notice how many of these massively destructive earthquakes have taken place just in the last few years? And earthquakes are growing decade over decade as well. If you look at the 1970s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and the present decade, you see an increase in the number of earthquakes that takes place per year on average each of those decades. When you look at big earthquakes, 6.0 or higher, you know, the small ones have gone through the roof and people say, well, we just have better detecting capabilities. So when you look only at the big ones, you see an increase. 116 per year on average in the 1970s. 116. In the 1980s, 129 per year on average. In the 1990s, 154 per year on average. And in the 2000s, 161 per year on average. Present decade, 165. So each decade, it goes 116, 129, 154, 161, 165. Every decade we are jumping up in recent time in the number of devastating earthquakes, large earthquakes that we are seeing. Now also it says in the scripture that these earthquakes will be in diverse places, in various places, in verse 7. Oklahoma has been the most just unbelievable example of, of this. When you look at a graph of how many earthquakes there were in Oklahoma back in the 70s and 80s and 90s and so on, you know, there were, there were 25, 96, 47, 109, these kinds of numbers. Then in 2010, it jumps to 1,000 earthquakes in Oklahoma. 2011, 1,500. 2013, 2,800. 2014, 5,400. And 2015, just under 6,000 earthquakes compared to... 18 in 1977, 34 in 1978, etc. It's just through the roof growth curve. Thir 10 of the top 13 earthquakes in Oklahoma history have happened in the last five years. Oklahoma is not known for its earthquakes. Obviously, when Jesus said there would be an increase in earthquakes, he also said they would be in diverse places, surprising places like Oklahoma. Amazing. Signs of the times being fulfilled before our very eyes. Remember Luke 21. The seas would be roaring. Two hurricanes recently, Rita, Katrina, they caused $150 billion worth of damages and a terrible loss of life, unheard of in times past. So when Jesus said there would be an increase in the frequency and the intensity of earthquakes and the seas roaring and notably diverse locations, that these would be signs of the end times, we're witnessing it today.
In verse 37 of Matthew 24, Jesus gets into another sign of the times. He says, as the days of, the, of Noah were, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, the days of Noah, men's hearts were only evil all the time. And so do we have that today? How about just tracking the violence of our time? You remember Columbine in 1999? It was this, this shock and awe experience that this would happen in a school in America. 15 people tragically died. And we said, could it get any worse? And it did. 33 were killed in Virginia Tech the massacre in 2007 with the shooting. And it's not just school shootings which are on the rise. It's gang activity, drug cartel violence, and most significantly all of all, terrorism, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, all of these organizations, the shootings in Norway, the bombings in Boston, the just massive attacks this past fall in Paris, the shootings in San Bernardino, the Brussels attacks just last week. Daily in the Middle East and North Africa, we're looking at the news headlines filled with this stuff. And the Bible says, remember, that men's hearts fail them for fear in Luke 21, verse 26. We don't have to have that. Jesus tells us in verse 28 of Luke 21, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So if you're seeing the signs of the times be fulfilled, as, as, as sad and destructive as this is, we know that it's coming to an end sooner. We have the evidence that Jesus is coming back soon. So this is a time for hope. This is a time not for fear, but to lift up our heads, knowing that the sin of this world is going to be gone soon. The pain that we may endure will be short-lived. It will be forgotten. There will be no more temptation, no more death, no more crime, no more violence. Amen to that. Daniel 12 verse 4 gives another sign of the times. It says, knowledge shall increase at the time of the end. Now, of course, knowledge has increased tremendously as we've seen technology take leaps and bounds and advancements that we never thought possible. And we're talking about futurists who are saying that your brain is literally going to be linked in neurologically with nanobot type of, of electrical connections to the internet. So you can link into the cloud and to the, the greater commons. And that will be the end of humanity as we know it. So he's, we've got Ray Kurzweil saying that's going to happen beginning 15 years from now. And then continuing on for the next 20 or so, and that by the end of that, that's, this is going to be the way human beings are. Jesus is not going to let it go that long, my friends. So when we see in Matthew 24, Jesus says, watch, watch therefore, for you do not know the time of my coming. He says this in verse 38, he says, as the days were in, in the time of Noah, when they were drinking and eating and giving marriage and, and just living their daily lives. It says, as in the days of Noah, it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. But of that day and the hour knoweth no man. But we can know, folks, that we can have Jesus Christ as our shield and our very great reward. If we purpose in our hearts by his strength and power to say that though the heavens may fall, I will stand for the right by the strength of Jesus Christ, that I will pursue truth in the Bible, that I will love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that my whole life will be dedicated to pursuing his truth, living his love, sharing his light with those around me, that others may be warned and they may be prepared for his soon coming. This is our calling. This is our charge. To the word of God we go to study and to walk away changed. See you next time. What does it take to raise spiritually strong young people in our homes? 
Well, the George Barna research results are in. Parents who have had actual measurable success, who have raised their children to become solid Christian young adults, these parents believed something absolutely radical, that parenting was their number one job in life. They were not too busy. They were committed to focusing on the training of their children above everything else in their lives. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. I wanted to know how they do hypnotism today. You remember in the olden days, they'd swing a watch in front of your eyes, right? They don't do it that way anymore. According to the use of light and sound technology with hypnosis, according to Dr. Stephen Freetag, today, light and sound do the work for deep relaxation in a fraction of time of traditional methods by using specific frequencies of audio and visual input. We use a frequency of light to get somebody under a hypnotic trance. Satan will use hypnotism near the close of probation. I know a lot of people that are being induced into an altered state of consciousness by a flashing frequency of light. And what is that? Blue glow in the living room of the homes of America. This flashing screen. What is that? That is the television. Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.